Hey everyone, this is Sandy with Design Your Life with Sandy. Here we teach positive, healthy healing and transformation for you to have the life that you've always wanted. Here you can design the life of your dreams. So welcome back and this is going to be our first ever podcast that we are going to actually start talking about some of the stuff that we teach in our classes. And uh, so I'm just going to get right in it and just start. In all of our, our series and our classes, we really focus on you and you understanding who you are, where your ideas come from, and what it is that you desire for your life and for your family's life <clears throat> and what direction you plan on going in. So with all of the courses that we have, the number one thing that we teach at the very, very beginning is pretty simple. Um, and we call it, uh, it was clear the clutter. For a while we had a thing called kick the clutter because all of the stuff that we keep holds this energy and this, um, it's this, how do I explain it? It's like the feng shui, it's that it holds this power over you and um, in regards to hanging on to the past or hanging on to a dream that never happened or doesn't exist or um, even if it's just the fact that it's something you feel you need to make you a better person. So the first thing we always teach is to get rid of all the clutter, get rid of the drunk. We start with the basic stuff in your surrounding area. So like the one thing I wanted to point out is that um, what we like for our clients and students to understand is that recognizing what the clutter symbolizes, it allows you the freedom to release that which binds you. So let's go over this from the from the beginning, the basics. So what does clutter represent? Well, first of all, clutter can represent unfinished business. So we all have, you know, the outfits that we're gonna fit into or, you know, the, the dream vacation, the dream this that we were going to do. Um, you know, like scrapbooking. I have tons of scrapbooking stuff. Now I used to scrapbook a lot and I still have a bunch of stuff that I use to scrapbook, but I don't scrapbook like I used to anymore. So when I cleaned out the clutter this time, I got rid of pretty much all of my scrapbooking, my paper, my albums, and my stamps because I'm not doing that anymore. And times have changed. You know, we do scrapbooking a little differently now, apparently. <laughs> you know, not the old-fashioned way. But it was something that I personally had to get rid of because of the fact that I don't do it anymore and it was unfinished business. It was stuff that I couldn't get to, whether um, time or space or, or um, again, the energy. And so the first thing to get rid of is unfinished business, things that you really aren't going to use anymore or don't need anymore. Okay. And so to do that, we have to realistically look at what we're clearing out to get rid of it. Um, I put down on here and I wrote these cards quite a while ago because I planned on going live about six months ago and I didn't because I've actually spent the last year and a half with my daughter building her business. So I've kind of put this business on the back burner and just let it let it go and just do our classes, you know, the way we we have been. And I haven't been 
involved in doing one-to-ones like prior. But now that her business is doing really well, I am back. So um, I put down failures. And this one is tough because when you look at stuff in your room and in your closets and things that you store in your garage, sometimes we don't really want to look at it as a failure. But it kind of is. And an example I'll give you is like I have um, at one point we had, you know, we had a really, really big house and I had a lot of stuff and I always had my party light and longa burger and all of these things to make our house a home. And I remember there was this one piece from party light and, and mind you, back when I was buying all this stuff, I was doing it because we were having parties and, you know, you know how to earn free stuff. But there was this one particular piece that was really expensive, absolutely gorgeous. I just wanted it so much for our home. Um, it, was a, it was a raw iron glass tray. It was pretty expensive. And as a stay-at-home mom, not really working, um, it was definitely out of our price range. So I worked really hard to get that tray. Same with Longberg, because you know Longberg is pretty expensive. <laughs> so I've got this tray and I never used it and it just kind of sat there because our house kind of um, changed. We shifted and it, it got to where um, my, my spouse and I were not getting along and things weren't um, flowing as a family should. And I ended up not ever using that tray. It ended up getting stuffed back in the a closet and we've moved it three times and it came back out from storage last year and I, I saw it and I was like, that was so representative of a failure. It was a failure of, of mine and his and ours. And it was a dream that I'd had for our home. Cause I, you know, I always have different things coming and going for the seasons and, but that was one I never put out and I just, I remember looking at it and how hard I worked for it and it never came to fruition. And that is an example of failures. And I think that most of us who have gone through um, a divorce, um, we have a lot of those failures that we kind of hang on to. And so releasing that piece allowed me to not really take it as a failure and to accept it as a different phase and a different chapter in my life. So understanding that it's not a failure and that life is constantly moving and changing will help you as well. So when you look through your closets and your garage and your shelves and you see things that you held on to because it it was representative of a life that you had had or that you had dreamed of. The fact that it's still taking up space and not being used functionally is hanging on to failures. I have down number three as the past. Um, a lot of people store stuff and keep things as, you know, for memories from the past and stuff. And the example I have for that is my mom. She is quite the collector. <laughs> so she keeps everything and it was it was um you know i really had to look at how she sees things and, and of course understanding who she was and what she's gone through and you know hanging on to these little memories and i finally one day i said you know mom you're hanging on to the past so tightly 
that nothing new can come into your life. You're, you're hanging on to those memories and because of that, you're stealing yourself of today and of dreams of tomorrow. So letting go of things from the past is very crucial to being able to move forth. I know that there's a lot of heirlooms that people keep and, you know, they mean something to the family, but those need to go too. Give them to a family member, leave it in a hope chest for for kids or something and, you know, have the story behind it if you want to keep it in the family. But um, it can be hard when you have things that's been in your family for years and years, years, but, you know, looking at it realistically, it's it doesn't do you any good to hang on to it. So releasing that, that past and even, you know, I guess I should say like heirlooms, that's not even like yours, really. (laughs) You're just somebody gave it to you and said, you should keep it because this has been in the family for a long time. Well, if it doesn't really mean that much to you, you probably should just pass and have somebody else in the family get it. It can be tough, but I believe that people these days are are changing and they're keeping things light and and easy and that's how it should be because life really isn't meant to like hang on to things that drag you down and burden you and make your move forward difficult. I have down as number four, identity. And this is really huge. you know, you look around, you go to the stores, you go on the websites and you see just stuff, 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 stuff. There's so much stuff to buy. And I see people buying things all the time that they don't really need. Okay, so I, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. One is um, buying things because other people have them. Well, we need that fancy coffee pot because it's the new trending hip thing and, you know, everybody has it. Okay. So then you're equating your worth to be, you know, to compare to other people. It's the same with like purses and shoes and clothes and having to have specific brands and, and, I definitely don't want to seem, you know, hypocritical because there are things that I absolutely adore. There are some brand names that I absolutely love and I do buy them because I like them. But like handbags and purses and stuff, I have one, you know, and I like it okay, but I'm not attached to it. And honestly, the the name brand on it doesn't mean a lot to me because it was actually an award I got with um, one of my other businesses. So, you know, somebody had said to me like, oh, you and your fancy, you're one of those people. And I go, oh, actually, I'm not. I won this. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest name brand thing I do would be Columbia and North Face. You know, I'm I'm that girl <laughs> or like, um, you know, the what is it? The naked um makeup. I like that makeup or Mac makeup. Other than that, you know, it's, it's just stuff. And I do believe in buying quality, but I also don't believe in buying a name brand to impress somebody else or to think that that makes me a better person. Because my ultimate favorite purse was made by Tutu Wahini in Hilo. And I used that purse for seven years and it was 
a fabulous purse. In fact, I still have it. So, you know, identity. Then you've got um, these other folks that, um, you know, again, always trying to, I guess they call it keeping up with the Joneses, which is kind of accurate, you know, with cars and houses and stuff. And, you know, one thing I can say about a house, and this, this has always been on my mind and in my thoughts always when I pass a house, is that one of my really, really good friends, <clears throat> they had a really big house and they had a huge garage with an enormous apartment on top they had acreage and they had toys and they had cars and you know all kinds of stuff her husband you know was a pilot a pretty successful pilot worked all the time and they had a lot of things but this house you know you see the house from the outside and it's just huge and immaculate and you know when you drive by it you know, you're going to wonder hmm i wonder what's in that little did you know that there was a it was a nightmare in the house um not only was he he was mean and angry and hateful and con controlling but like she couldn't paint her walls everything had to be exactly as he wanted it and half of their house wasn't even finished so when you look at the outside it looked perfect but you go inside and you saw the truth and you see that a lot um houses and cars and people so they put the impression that they're very well put together by the image that they're portraying by how they look what you really need to look at is what they are like on the inside so when you actually go on the inside and you see who they are that tells you how they are and how they feel about themselves and it's not even about how they feel about anybody else it's about how they feel about themselves so that would be you know, all about image. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that. It's a really, really sad place to be, to be so consumed with what other people think of you. This is part of our teaching here too, is that we work with you to build you up and to love you, to respect you, to heal all of the wounds and the injuries that you've had throughout the years and have been passed on to you from parents and grandparents and teachers and coaches and everybody that you've crossed in your life. You have to know that all this clutter, it, that's all it is, it's just stuff. It's nothing about you. It doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you prettier, smarter, thinner, happier. Because I see so many people that have tons of things but they're still not happy. They're still desperately seeking something. They still have that hole inside of their soul and their heart that they can't fill. You have to work on that before you can find that bliss because you're not gonna find it in a store. One more thing that we used to do in regards to identity when I realized that this was a thing. I mean, I, I personally never have been the person that just bought stuff for the sake of buying it. I've, I've I've always been a minimalist because I worked hard and I traveled for my jobs. I really didn't keep things. When I became a mom, you know, life becomes different then because you do have things that, <laughs> you know, you're making a house a home, you have um, memorabilia and stuff for the kids and, you know, you end up collecting all of these things. So when I had that moment that I was like, wow, this is how people really live and they believe that things make them better. So we started this practice 
with myself and my two kids, like we would go to some of our favorite stores. We had some amazing boutiques in this town that we lived in, just incredible. And the store owners were just fabulous and friends. And we would go in, everybody in the town shopped there. Mermaid stuff, sea stuff. I mean, just beautiful, gorgeous stuff. And I was trying to teach my kids that despite what the world says and does around them, you make your own choices. You make your own mind up on how you're going to live and how you're going to love yourself. So we would go to these shops and we would look around. And you know how usually you'll see someone, oh, I'm going to get this. Oh, look at this. These are pretty. Look at these new doorknobs, these crystal doorknobs. They're gorgeous. You know, let's grab these. Um, that's usually our first tendency or a new um, service set. This is beautiful, you know, with the sea stars and mermaid tails and everything. What I taught my kids was to be able to look at something, admire it for its beauty and allow it to be. Because it's beautiful, you don't have to own it. You don't have to have it. And again, there's that ownership of filling that hole. Like I must have that to become better and to be a full, happy human. So we used to do that all the time. I'm sure we drove these gals crazy, but we did still buy things because, you know, I have traditions for Christmas that I would buy the ornaments. So every year I'd come into the stores and I'd buy, you know, like we bought the whole Nutcracker series. We bought the whole Nautical series, but it was over the years that we, you know, got these ornaments. And I always bought one for, for my kids. I have two kids, so I bought one for them each year. But it's a great practice. And it's not just with stuff too. It's with outside when you're on a nature walk. It always amazed me how people pick flowers. You know, because they're so beautiful. They're so beautiful that I must pick it and make it mine. And in that, you kill it. You take away the beauty. And you take away its opportunity to share beauty with other people. And it again, it's just that emptiness that we are trying to fill inside. And you don't have to make things yours to be better. I put down on here a bogged down self-concept and that kind of ties into the identity too because what you need to understand is that you are enough. You are so incredibly enough and you are fabulous just the way you are. You were, you were put here, you were chosen to come here and be on this earth and to live a life and to have experiences and not all experiences are good. Oh my gosh. Oh, there are so many bad, bad experiences that happen to all of us. And that's where we have to, to grow. We have to learn. We have to heal. We have to understand where these come from and we have to forgive because forgiveness does not condone a behavior. Forgiveness is for you so that you can move forth and move on in life and enjoy every moment and every step of the way. And that's another thing that we do teach here is that you are enough. And we teach you that you don't have to have things or stuff or people to have a great life. What you need is a great moment. Okay. Every moment has the potential to be great. So Again, I haven't gone through these cards in a long time, so I'm just kind of looking like, what did I write here? <laughs> but, you know, again, just letting these things go, it's so freeing. 
to be able to understand these concepts um, and have them explained to you as to why you have these items in your home and why you hang on to them. I once had somebody ask me the question, why, about all of this stuff. So, you know, why? What is this point that we're trying to make here? That um, it's basically just hanging on, desperately hanging on to things that you think makes you. And this is so not true. Absolutely not true. Your gifts in this life earn your contribution to you, your family, your community, to a stranger, to anybody, to anything. Any kind of love and compassion and tolerance that you give is a gift. That's what makes you. What you share, the information, all of that. Oh, excuse me. Not sure. <laughs> Not sure how that happened, but <laughs> that was a phone call. Sorry. But, um, you know, again, let's see, where was I talking about who you are and, and, you know, if this school of thought doesn't strike a chord with you, um, I also tell people, try considering the, the feng shui and how, how, um, they look at clutter, you know, the energy aspect. Um, I remember the first time I realized this, I was reading a book that a friend had given me to borrow because I said, you know, I just feel very, um, weighted down and burdened because again I'd gone from a free spirited gypsy soul that traveled and worked and traveled some more and then I was a mom with things and I you know I, I was you know I'd have a huge garage sale every year and get rid of tons of things and donate every year like I mean our truck we'd always have at least a truck full of stuff that we donated to the women's shelter or to Sally Annie but I still had that feeling of just being weighted down. So my friend at the school, she gave me um, a book and it was on the Feng Shui. And I didn't, you know, I didn't grasp all the concepts and I still don't like, you know, the placement in the rooms and that's, but I've got the basics down of what we need for us to have a good, healthy, positive life. But I remember there was a few things that, that you know, that stuck with me and we'd mentioned these earlier but this is kind of the concept from the from the teaching is like I remember there was a chapter on things stored up high now we all have those in our closet in our garage you know in your your um like in our extra closets you know how you always put those um I'll give you an example like in my bathroom right now I have this big storage closet in there and up on the top, top shelf, which is the one that we don't see that often, but that's kind of where you store that extra that I don't really use that much or, or at all. And then we've got stuff up there that we do use periodically. So those will stay. But I went through there and I cleaned out tons of hair gel, you know, like hair gel and tanning lotion and, and, um, sunblock and all this stuff that we just don't use anymore and again that that's just kind of an example of things that are stored up high and kind of putting that burden on you because it's something that I still have to deal with something I still have to you know work with like I don't like I felt the pressure of fixing my hair all the time I'm like what wait a minute I'm not <laughs> I don't I don't get dressed up that much you know so I'm like let me get rid of this stuff because I don't use it 
you know, and you can look at other things in the closet too. Like I said before, things like, you know, that the dream outfit or, you know, the, the quilting that you're going to get to that you haven't done in 10 years. So again, it's that pressure, that burden of things that I still have to do. And again, that goes with the unfinished business we mentioned earlier. So like piles of things, basically that's a to-do list. We all have them. Um, you know, on your desk, you'll have a pile of bills. Um, you'll have a pile of magazines. Like I like magazines. I'll have a pile of magazines. That's my to-do to go through them. But if I end up not having enough time or, um, well, mainly time to go through them, then it just kind of stacks up. And there I am with this huge stack of magazines that I haven't gone through. So again, it's that pressure of things that I have to do. So when you're pressured with things that you have to do, it adds stress to you and your mind and your body. It changes your your whole mental and physical aspect of your daily life. And they also talk about things under the bed. It still has the same, same you know, burden on you because it's stuff that you've just kind of stored away you've stuffed it away you put it out of sight out of mind but it's not out of sight or out of mind you still know it's there and you still have that thought that I do need to get to that one thing I've noticed that in this life we have complicated it so much we have we have complicated life so much with things and stuff And we have become masters at hiding them. Why do we choose to hide things that are important to us? So think about it. The stuff you have up in the closet, the things under the bed, the things that you're going to get to. If they were important, wouldn't you do them? Wouldn't you read the books, the magazines? Wouldn't you get to the things that are important? Why is it that we hide them? It's something that you have to think about as you look through your home. Like, why do I hang on to that? I think the, the, the biggest thing that comes to my mind when I come to this question is, I remember when, um, you know, our house was crumbling and I um, was talking to one of my friends and she was telling me that it, takes time but she said this is what I did and so I listened really carefully because she you know she's from New York she's the girl that you know they have a house in Greenwich they have a house in the Hamptons they have you know they like three four more houses and she's that girl so stuff is important and she said I have to get to the point where I'm okay with letting it all go and I realized that she was true because in our relationship that was crumbling in a very toxic situation, abusive, toxic situation that was not good for myself or the kids, I had to stop, take a step back. I looked at my, my home and all of the things we had in it and the beautiful pictures. We had $10,000 pictures on the wall and our furniture and, and everything that we've worked so hard to put in there and, and make a home and it's hard to let go of these things because again that's your life and that's your dream this is your dream this is our home for our family and when things fall apart and things aren't working 
you, you know, you start to realize that it was a facade and I realized it was a facade. It was just, you know, a show. And I remember mentioning that to another friend of mine. She goes, oh my God. She goes, my life is a facade. She goes, my life is a show. She goes, we go to Hawaii. We come here, we go there, we travel. She goes, but it's not real. You know, her husband was, was not a very nice man. And she said, I'm so glad you said that because I never realized that that's how I was living my life. And so that is how we live our life with this facade of like, this is who we are. This is who I am. This is my life. This is my home. Isn't it fabulous? But when you're ready to make that step, you have to be ready to let go. So the, what I did is I did the same thing that, that my New York friend had told me. And I, it started with the $10,000 picture. You know, I looked at it and I said, my God, this is beautiful. It is amazing. We're so lucky to have it and so lucky to have had it. And I remember when we got it and when we found a place to put it. And again, it's the, the fear of failure because this is a failure. When you start to to dismantle the life that you've dreamed of and, and was building and actively participated in creating and then you have to come to that realization that it's not a real life it was not a happy life it was not a happy home and it has to be done because everybody deserves happiness and I started with that one picture and then I'd look at you know other stuff and I'm like I'm okay without it I'm just fine without it I don't I don't need that anymore It isn't me. It doesn't define me. The best part of me would be my children and their healthy and happy life is what's important. It's not about things anymore. So whether you're um, in middle of a separation or just separating with your old self, that's a good way to look at things. Just really look at something and say, you know, it was a part of my life, it was a part of my past. Thank you so much. It was a great memory and I remember trying to build that life, but now I'm at this phase. We still have some stuff that we had, you know, from that old life. Like I'm sitting here looking at um, an oil painting that one of my friends had done and um, it was because our girls were in the same dance troupe and she's an artist and so she, you know, made did a bunch of paintings for us and that was something we kept because it's a part of our past and our history, but it's the kids, you know, it, it was a positive part of our life. And, um, so, you know, you gotta kind of break that down, you know, of what you're willing to let go of and, and just know that you're going to be fine without it. Another thing I wanted to talk about was organization because I'm a firm believer in organization because of efficiency. You know, if you know where things are, you can get to it quicker, get things done, and then move on to the next thing, which to me as a mom, it was spending more time with my kids. So like when my kitchen's organized, I can quickly go in. I mean, all my meals are prepped already. So, you know, like I'd have a big Tupperware of cooked chicken and cut celery and cut you know, carrots, everything was already prepped. So all I'd need to do is pour what I needed in to whatever I was going to cook, whether it was soup or if I was going to make enchiladas or you name it. Um, The efficiency allowed me to move on to something I really, really wanted to do, which was hang out with my kids or go for a hike or go to, 
you know, we would go to the shelter a lot and the kids love to um, walk the dogs and play with the cats and give them love. So, you know, the organization is great. But the other thing is, is to still be mindful with that, because even though you might organize your closet and put everything in cute totes and bins and stuff, it still is stuff representing what we've talked about earlier. You know, you're still holding on to things. So be mindful of that as you do go through your things and you go, I think I'll just organize it because organization is good, but if you're organizing things that you're just hanging on to, it still has the same effect on you. So one more thing I wanted to mention, and this was just kind of, you know, a thought that came across my mind one day. (laughs) And it was a, a reflection of a business class I'd taken, gosh, in like 1991 in college. And I remember the teacher, you know, she was a great teacher, great professor. She taught so much. But this really impacted me when she talked about business practices. And like she used America versus Japan. And she used like, um, back then she used Toyota. I'm not sure of their practices now, but this was the practice then. And she said, America versus Japan is just in case versus just in time. So the American version of um, building cars and, and car parts is to have them around just in case, you know, so that's, that's, you know, like having extra parts around just in case it breaks down versus the just in time, which is we'll make those transmissions as we need them. So the just in time, you don't have things sitting around the just in case you have things sitting around. I mean, we can break this down and analyze it as far as you'd like. But if you want to look at it in the the bigger picture, if you live your life in the just in case, that means you're doubtful of your path, you're doubtful of your direction and of yourself. If you live your life in that we're going to make this just in time, like as we need it, then you're putting that energy out there, that full force energy of confidence in your direction and what it is that you're doing and working for. And I just thought that was such a great analogy when she'd mentioned that. And it, and it stuck with me again, this is like, I think it was 1991 was that course. That was a long time ago. You know, when you, um, when you, clear all the clutter, the openness allows you more freedom. It allows you more flexibility in growth and business and life. Freedom and flexibility allows a more fulfilled experience. And, you know, that's pretty much what our life is about. We're really not here to collect things or to, um, you know, have these identities. Um, that's what we've come down to because again, we've complicated life. Life is really simple. You know, life is about enjoying each moment, enjoying being outside, enjoying time with your kids and raising happy, healthy kids that are, are well balanced and ready to go out in the world and make a change and make a difference and make other people's lives great. That's pretty much what we're here for. I mean, our experience here on earth is just that. 
it's the living and the loving and the experiences and the sharing and the passing on of information and and not necessarily advice because what works for you doesn't always work for somebody else but to be able to share your story of your experience and how you got through it or how you became you know began to see life differently this is what you share and with that people can take take you know the the pieces out that works for them so that would be it for us today i hope that this gave you some insight as to the clutter and the stuff that we keep and why we keep it i hope that you are able to look around your home and see what needs to go because that's going to be the very first part of shifting and I, I i know that there's so many schools of thought on how to change and you know just you know putting the energy out there and stuff but what we've realized from personal experience and from clients and other friends and family that have gone through our programs is that you're actually allowing this energy to flow. It's the T. When you clear all the clutter, you're opening up the space for new and not new stuff, but new opportunities. Because as you clear the clutter, you clear your mind. You're no longer burdened or weighted down with failures or the past or you know, again, with the heirloom things, worrying about what's going to happen to it when I die or who's going to get it. You know, we really need to let go of these things so that we can allow new thoughts and new things in our minds and new positive ways of being. So again, thank you for being here for our very first official informational podcast I look forward to meeting you guys. We'll have um, information and links down below or wherever my IT girl puts that. Um, Follow us on the Facebook. We've got classes coming up soon. And um, I'm definitely, definitely excited to start this new chapter and meet all of you in the classes and our membership. So again, take care. Have a great afternoon and I'll see you next time. Bye.